Welcome to the Evolution Exchange UK podcast. We're bringing together the best technical leaders to talk about the industry passions and challenges they are facing. I am Joe Bamber from Evolution Recruitment Solutions, and I help businesses connect with top tech talent. And today, I am your host. Today, we're going to be discussing the topic of building great environments and culture in tech. I'm joined by Vary Davidson, Alex Taylor, and Tino Trist. Before we delve deeper into the topic, let's work our way around the room with some brief introductions. So can I start with yourself, Vary? Yes. Hi, I'm Vary Davidson. I am Head of Portfolio at Nimble Approach. Um, I'm also a delivery person, however form that takes. So Scrum Master, Agile Delivery Lead, Delivery Manager, Project Manager. Uh, and I still do um, a lot of consulting work through Nimble. A lot on your plate by the sounds of it. And over to yourself, Alex. Yep, I'm Alex Taylor, Creative Director at Create8. Um, I'm on the team here and we're a design agency based in Stockport. Um, I don't have a lot of, uh, as many as many things to do as, uh, as you, but I've um, absolutely got enough on my plate. Absolutely. And uh, Tino, over to yourself. Yes, my name is Tino Trist and I'm Digital Services Director at SLG. We are a, a creative agency uh, focused primarily on the construction sector and manufacturing. Uh, my role involves um, primarily around digital marketing, but also helping clients with uh, replatforming like websites, CRMs, uh, uh, product information management systems, and so on. Brilliant. Thank you very much. So as usual, um, I'll work around the room and, and mention the topic that we, we discussed earlier before the before the recording. Um, I'll put the, the question that you, you mentioned towards you and then just ask for a bit of context behind it, really. So... Obviously, before we, we had this, we, we discussed building great environments and culture in tech. And if we start with yourself, Ari, um, one thing that you mentioned was what is the role of management within a tech environment? And if you don't mind, could you just elaborate on that a little bit, please? Absolutely. So um, I had a little bit of a squiggly career before I got into tech. Um, I actually started out in recruitment um, at the very beginning of my career. And one thing that I found so useful was the really intensive uh, training and professional development that you went through to ensure that you knew how to be a professional, if you will, in in that recruitment and sales environment. And one thing that I I, I feel that we may have drifted away drifted away from recently is actually giving people that skill set in management and um, how to you know line manage other people, how to coach people. Um, I see a lot of. Um, other tech companies, <clears throat> some consultancies, some agencies, not really preparing line managers for for what they're about to do. Um, I also see a lot of people saying that they have a flat structure, um, which can work very, very well in the right environment. But I'm really interested to understand everybody else's opinion of what that looks like and what we think that means for tech moving forward to be able to prepare people for what they're doing moving through their career. We know that millennials and, and Gen Z are really eager to learn and eager to impress and eager to step up the career ladder. But what does that mean if companies aren't providing the right or enough support to help them take that step upwards rather than sideways? Brilliant. Thank you. We'll go over to Tina. Um, I think like uh, what he mentioned there is really important, which is like uh, providing the, the right resources for people to grow and learn. Um, and, and that uh, it so, and it's important that that is communicated so that people know that those resources are available because sometimes what happens uh, th- there are budgets allocated for people to uh, go away to conferences and things like that but people sometimes don't even know that that's there so uh, communicating that is important 
Uh, and I think also, uh, I think for like people who are a bit older, like kind of in the like mid to late thirties and forties, I think the way we see kind of you know hierarchical structures and things is different from like the newer generation. Uh, I think nowadays it, I think it's key that people feel that like having less of that kind of manager, executive, and uh, like kind of doers relationship and be more kind of kind of uh, on an equal base, I think that uh, kind of will make people feel more at ease that if they have a concern, they can voice that and people will listen. Um, I think that's um, kind of giving confidence that the feedbacks going to be implemented is key. No, absolutely. I think, um, I suppose it, it, it comes back down to having you know good role models who, who make it a bit easier for you, I imagine, Vary, is that right? Yeah. Yes, definitely, definitely. I mean... I have to say, I, I often flip that on its head because I've seen so many bad managers that I like to learn from what not to do than necessarily what to do. If you've got if you've got an idea thinking that person really shouldn't have done that or they shouldn't have spoken in that way or they could have reacted differently, I often take that on board a lot more and try and self-reflect on that and see if I've ever done something that way or said something a certain way that really shouldn't have been said so whilst you've got your really good um sort of role models and you can take what you can from those i'd always also say take what you can from the bad ones to <laughs> to make sure that that you do have that rounded approach i mean if everybody went through their career having great managers we wouldn't be having this conversation so <laughs> so yeah no absolutely and alice obviously with your position at the moment, you're, you're obviously a leader within your business. You, what would you say like your role is and, and what's your experience been in the past with obviously management? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think I think it's because obviously we, we have quite a kind of a diverse and quite a young, younger kind of team and it's just making sure that they they understand that, you know, that there is a structure, but again, you can enjoy, you can enjoy working here. It's not like, you know, we don't want to micromanage people. We want to give people the the time to give their own perspective they might have a might have a new process an idea that you've never thought of before just because they've got different values or you know a different personality or even different skill sets to you so it's kind of listening from the ground up as as well and um, that's kind of how i kind of manage if you like can i ask because you said a really interesting phrase there and i feel i i i think it gets overused and i think blown out of proportion which is micromanagement yeah. what what do people feel micromanagement is because I feel like there's such a fine line between what people think they should be doing but then not necessarily taking the right feedback and I know that's another topic that we're going to talk about but now, don't, they look at that feedback as oh that's micromanagement and I don't want to do that um how do you draw the balance between what micromanagement is and being able to give constructive feedback that someone is open to taking on board between the two and I think I think it's just kind of I guess team team member by team member basis like n not one thing is going to suit everyone is it you know you've got you've got to draw from from the experience of a speaking to them in the past b your own experience and see kind of where, where they want to go in their career their actual professional development as well it, it's about making sure that they know that they can get to that next level um and, and kind of achieve their their personal and, and professional kind of goals yeah by you Tito yeah I think that's exactly right because uh, a management style that is suitable for one person, so I'm going to be for the next. Some people like more structured and almost like being told what to do. Others like more like creative, like freedom. Uh, so that and that's where they thrive. So 
I think is uh, kind of managers being aware of the person's style or the person personality traits and adapt accordingly. Uh, that's really important. I suppose with micromanagement, I don't know if you'll agree, Vary, but it's, it's quite subjective as well, isn't it? Um, I think that's the point you're trying to make. It's, it's like who, um, you know, what what's classed as micromanagement to somebody else, uh, at, you know, to other people. It's it's a funny line, isn't it? And like I said, it's a fine line because some people need a bit more um, support, but again, some people can take it the wrong way, I suppose. Yeah, and it's it's why I wanted to pose the question, really, because it, I think it can be quite a provocative question, and I apologise, but also, sorry, not sorry, because, <laughs> like I say, coming from the really rigid and and um, sort of hard-hitting structure and line management in recruitment and sales, where it's like, KPIs, metrics, or at least it was when I was there. I don't know if if it's changed, Joe, you're better to tell me than, than not. But obviously, a lot of the things will be like, well, you know, it's a numbers game and things like that. Whereas moving into tech, it's been a lot, it's been a lot more softer, if you will. Um, and people are given that, that freedom and they're able to express themselves. And I see it as a much more diverse um area that a lot of other industries can can learn from um because a lot of, we give a lot um, people a lot of room to be themselves and tell us how they want to be managed i just i sometimes think it can be a, a bit of a balancing act and if someone hasn't necessarily who is a manager or, or a leader in a business and trying to build and create a really good culture hasn't had the uh, development or management experience that perhaps they could have moving forward and um, sorry in the past how do they then move forward and build that environment um, and that culture to be able to give and receive feedback and ensure that everybody has got that right management style and path and everything that's personal to them so yeah apologies for being provocative there but <laughs> no don't worry at all <laughs> <laughs> don't worry at all though it's a, it's a great question and, and like i said it, there's some really good takes on it there i suppose that leads us nicely on to to your topic alex you, obviously you discussed sort of why feedback and communication is important within teams um obviously i suppose it touched a little bit on you know the micromanagement whether that can be seen as sort of you know feedback or whether it's a bit too much but what did what did you mean by that question could you just elaborate a little yeah of course i think um i think kind of as i mentioned before it's about employee engagement i think it, 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 I guess, first it comes onto the kind of company values and kind of what you value as a company. I think you know you want to hire people that align with those, and you know, you want to make sure that you understand your staff as as kind of people in the room, right? Um, and I think for for us, it's all about the experience. It's all about the experience of the staff, the team, the the clients, as as well as us kind of managing them. So that's kind of what I meant. It's kind of like a, a more like a rounded topic, really, but. Um, once you've understood all those, you can kind of then start to push towards that great environment, taking all those um, on board. Absolutely, Tina. What are your thoughts? Obviously, I, I know um, with your role, obviously you've got you've got your team. How important is feedback and communication within that? Well, I think it's uh, really important both for managers and for team members to be listened to. Uh, coincidentally, we had a, a a session which uh, we in which uh, like we had a survey like kind of for employee satisfaction survey type thing and uh, to measure employee employee engagement and uh, so the results were presented this morning actually and like communication was one of the points that uh, were marked as really important for uh, people to feel engaged and to feel that they have a voice um, yeah I think that that's key from both sides from a manager perspective and 
went from team members as well. Yeah. Just from what you said there, Tina, I mean, um, do you think it's like good to be in an environment where people are encouraged, not encouraged to make mistakes, but feel you know, that mistakes happen and uh, and as long as you communicate after it and, and understand why it went wrong or what to do better next time, do you think that's, um, you know, an important thing to have in a culture? Yeah, yeah, critical, I think. Uh, well, I always tell my team that it's fine, to, it's okay to make mistakes and it's better to make mistakes faster so that then you can move on and you've learned. Uh, like, I've been in environments before where kind of mistakes were frowned upon and then what happens, people are afraid of taking action and like nothing really happens or you just do like the safe, boring things. Um, and even more like kind of in our industry, in the creative industry, you can't like you need to come up with new ideas and things. But if you're afraid that you're going to be judged by it, then you're not going to put them forward, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, personally, there's nothing worse when you make a mistake. You get that horrible feeling in your stomach that your stomach just drops. And then it's almost like so um, so refreshing when someone says, it's, you know, you made the mistake, don't do it again. But let's learn from it. Let's look at why you made the mistake in the first place and make it better next time. And you always feel a million percent like better after it. Um, yeah. Actually having someone sit down and explain it a bit more to you and, and, and learn from it. Um, how about yourself, Barry? You know? Obviously, with your team, there's a lot of a lot of different stakeholders, a lot of things you're doing. How important is sort of feedback and communication within within your experience? Hugely so, hugely so. And um, at Nimble, we were set up as is not just a software consultancy, but mainly an agile. We started from um, agile consultancy roots, and through that, you're always going to look at being better, more efficient, leaner, ensuring that you have the right communication to be able to to make the thing work whatever the thing is so it's it's massively important so we we constantly refine our ways of how we speak to um everybody that works at nimble is it um is it something that we put through one of our the tools that we use so we've got um you know benefit systems and um I remember what it's called now, but basically an online system um where you can give kudos and give um feedback through there um feedback it's such a huge topic and I think it can be a topic of contention sometimes as well um, because often feedback, whilst you can give um, really good feedback and give people the pats on the back, you've also got to have these difficult conversations sometimes and if you don't have the the, the person wanting to, to take on feedback or if you yourself are getting feedback and you're just like, I don't think that, um, it takes a lot of self-reflection and it takes a, a lot of skills actually to be able to navigate that in, in the right way for both um, the person giving the feedback and, and the person receiving it. So um, at Nimble, we've done a lot of training, a lot of you know awareness of, um, almost to, to ensure that people are comfortable and they have that psychologically safe environment where we are able to do that um so it's 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 absolutely necessary for for building culture and um and and productive environments you, you can't have one without the other yeah no, absolutely I, I don't know if anyone would agree with this but i always think with with leadership positions or or, or positions where you you know you're responsible for communicating and giving feedback i i'd personally say that and correct me if I'm wrong, that one of the, the biggest skills that you can have is, is emotional intelligence. Um, I think it's, it, you know, it's one of them, them sort of phrases that gets passed around quite a lot. But I think um, the best managers I've had have, have been people who have, you know, have the emotional intelligence, can put themselves in your shoes. Um, and like I said, we've all had bad managers. But I think 
Um, that's one of the, the biggest skills that I see in, in people who are good at, you know, providing communication and, and feedback. I don't know if you agree with that, Alex. You know, what what um, would you say that's one of the, the biggest skills that you require to, to be able to do it effectively? Or Yeah, I think so. And and just touching on the point there about the, um, you know, ma- making sure that team members are also giving themselves kind of high fives. Like we use like a Slack and we just have a high five channel. And it's good just to get, because it's, it's not just from the top down to the bottom. It, it, it should be you know, for peers and, and everyone kind of just making sure that they're, they're congratulating each other. Even if it's just a small little win that helps someone save five minutes of the day, it's important to kind of get that in there because I don't think we do that enough sometimes, especially in tech environments where it goes through, it could go through 10 processes. The person at the start doesn't get congratulated, only the person at the end. So it's making sure that everyone kind of gets involved in that in that way as well. Absolutely. As I say, it's the little things in life, I suppose, isn't it? Um, but they, they often go the furthest where... Another great topic. Thank you very much for that, Alex. Um, finally, Tino, a really interesting question for yourself that you put forward, and it was how digital leaders um, ensure the teams are well-equipped to adapt to rapid changes in technology and industry trends. Obviously, I think everyone's talking about things like chat GPT at the moment. <laughs> I'm not sure if that was on your mind when you asked the question, but could you just elaborate on that a little bit and uh, and you know just just explain what you meant? Yeah, sure. Um well, yeah, you you mentioned uh, ChatGPT and artificial intelligence. That's definitely a factor these days. Um, one of the reasons I got involved in the di- in digital in the first place, quite many years ago, was that kind of is an industry that changes constantly and things. And I thrive in that because I like learning. Um, some people less so, but nowadays it's going to be more prevalent because things are going to change at such a pace that will be hard to keep up. Um, and it's just going to snowball from here. So I think it's important, um, well, even more important to um, like for managers and leaders to support their teams with that change. Like you're always going to get people who, who are reticent to embrace a new change. But sometimes, like kind of, I think my take is you have no option. You need to adapt to the marketing and everything around you as opposed to try and fight it isn't it so i think it's like it's about uh like placing focus on continuous learning um and kind of in development rather than being afraid of new technology or change you think okay how can we leverage this to our advantage uh that's uh, important and uh, also when possible kind of having uh, kind of good uh, budget allocation for tools and for experimentation um some, sometimes they might not lead anywhere, but uh, like it, it can also be useful and save costs in the in the long run. Uh, we, for example, we had sessions uh, kind of internally on uh, kind of finding out how we can leverage GPT technology, for example, as an agency. And some great ideas came from the back of that. Like seems like we could have an API or something connected to teams that automatically transcribes all our meetings and um and then like summarizes all the notes which uh, like that could be really useful because sometimes uh, i'm not a great note taker i have to say so that 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 was definitely a winner for me um but i think it's also like kind of about getting people excited for uh, and curious about exploring new things as well um yeah, I'm not all for uh, like kind of chasing fads or new trends or anything like that. But when there's something that 
kind of is remarkable and you know well this is going to change our industry and we can actually become more efficient if we use this technology i think like why would we fight it like let's support kind of our teams to be more efficient by using those tools no absolutely i mean um it's, it's, you resonated with it with then uh with me then when you said um you know, not very good at taking notes. I, I, I take a lot of notes, and then when you read it back, you can't read your own handwriting. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's half the issue. But, um, Val, if you go over to yourself, um, just following on, how do you think that, you know, managers can prepare, you know, their staff and, and their teams for, for the trends moving forward? Yeah. Um, as Tino said, humans are reticent to change. They, they just are. And I always reflect on uh, the talk that Simon Sinek gives around um, like the, the innovation curve um, where you've got, you know, your innovators, your early adopters, um, early, early and late majorities. And and that's always going to happen. You know, that that's sort of human psychology. It's how you take people on that journey to me. Um, we need to have the empathy. And we're talking about EQ earlier, the empathy to, to understand that not everybody's just going to jump on the bandwagon straight away. And I saw something on LinkedIn the other day that made me, howl which was you know for for uh, clients to start using ai to take over their developers they need to give very very clear instructions <laughs> and requirements so developers are safe um which made me really laugh um but ultimately it's about taking people and how you take people on that on that journey we're always going to have new tech um, it's something that we talk about in Agile very, very often. We have to be open to change. Priorities change. Um, tech changes. Look at how quickly React and um, React Native came in as as tech tools. And then all of a sudden, some of the other front end tools were just, you know, non-existent within a month. It's It's always been that way. But things are quickening up. And I think we just need to be aware of how people how people take that on absolutely and what about yourself alex have, have you seen anything that you've had to change recently with that and you know how do you think you know yourself and, and other managers might prepare for that I, I think it's just about having open conversations with your team members because they've, they've all seen it we've all seen it on the news we all know what what new technology is coming and if someone has an idea you know bring it into the group we'll share it together explore that as you said to you know if it's a new piece of software or a new piece of something just try it see if it works because what what what's the harm in that you're not going to lose too much time if you're just testing it out so it's just giving it a go and trying to adopt it and, and trying to just make sure that you at least try and adopt it at an early stage just to see if it is going to be something that can improve your business because you'll never know if you don't try it so uh, i think um you never know some something amazing could be born from just trying that new piece of software and you, you could be making something uber efficient where you thought you could never do that really well absolutely i think this question, you know, really links well with the other questions we mentioned when we talked about in the in the previous questions regarding like, um, you know, the ability to, to for people to, to talk openly and and be confident and and feel like their sort of you know views are, are, are listened to and expressed. You know, one thing we try to do here at Evolution is always, you know, if someone's got a new idea, whether it be like use a new software or use a new tool, um. We always hear them out, and we always want to know because if it makes our life easier, um, then we'll definitely give it a go. And I suppose it's just about, like you say, having the culture and giving people the confidence to come with new ideas. And um, you know, when, when ChatGPT first came out, it was somebody mentioned it, and everyone's thinking, "Ah, oh, won't turn, won't turn to anything." But next thing you know, within a week, it was 
everybody's giving it a go, everybody's heard of it. I think the first time I heard about it was off my friend in a pub and I was thinking, no, it's just the alcohol talking. Um, <laughs> but like I said, you know, it, it turned into fruition and, and it started working again. But just following on from what Alex and, and Barry said there, Tino, is that, you know, what you expected? Just, you know, that openness and, and listening to, to people? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, something that I think it helps as well is um, kind of fostering cross-functional collaboration so that you don't have people with the same kind of skill sets kind of working on the same project. That's something that in the past I've worked in projects that uh, kind of we've done that where we bring people from different skill sets and you get different points of views that really helps as well. Um, so, No, absolutely brilliant. Before we end the podcast, I'd like to say thanks so much to all our guests for sharing their thoughts in today's conversation. If you are hiring for new technical roles or looking for a new role, feel free to get in touch with us here at Evolution. Or, if you or anyone you know would like to be featured on a future podcast, you can drop me a message too. I am Joe Bamber and you can find me on LinkedIn or email me at joe.bamber at evolutionjobs.co.uk or visit us at evolutionjobs.com forward slash UK. Thanks again to all our guests and thank you for listening. We hope you can join us next time.